This is K-12 Tech Talk. K-12 Tech Talk. The podcast by K-12 Techs for K-12 Techs. Real conversations, real arguments, and real banter on trending K-12 technology topics and issues. Live from the NTP studios, this is the K-12 Tech Talk podcast, episode 148. My name is Josh. I really don't know where I am tonight because the we've had we've changed we've changed names, we've got new signage. This is now the NTP studios that we are in, and it's just confusing me to no end. I've we've I've tried to start this episode like five times. Mark uh, got a haircut. Yeah, yeah. For the new studio. Got it. New year, new mark. New, new year, new studio. Happy New Year. We were gonna lead in with three, two, one, happy new year, but we had an argument. Nobody wanted to do it but Josh. <laughs> yep. And uh Mark, I Mark, I'm seeing a uh uh dance club wristband. Did you go clubbing before the show? Uh, I just came back from the bar. <laughs> okay. I, I would say that's clubbing. Yeah. Yeah, that works. And full disclosure, this is well after business hours on a Thursday night. Mark's mom, don't worry. Um, yeah. So happy new year. NTP is here, our our studio sponsor. Uh give David an email, D W R E N at NTP Inc.com. For information about their SOC as a service product, their managed EDR with Sentinel One, their top tier Sentinel One product. Um, Chris, we have pricing publicly available somewhere, don't we? Or is it on Pro? Well, it's a little private. You got to join K12 Tech Pro to get a hold of uh, this really nice looking document that explains everything well. But if you reach out to David, if you mention the podcast, if you mention K12 Tech Pro, uh, he's going to give you access to that special consul. What was that? You said I said it wrong. You did say con- it wrong. Con- consortium. Cons- nope. Consortium. Consortium. Whatever. Um, pricing. Yes, and and you know we we've talked about this before that his pricing for for his sock managed EDR um, is less than fifty dollars. And I said it once. I'll say it again. It. I don't mean forty nine ninety nine. I mean less than fifty dollars. So uh, give David an email ask them about the service and what other services and you don't have to be in Missouri to take part in this. They can, uh, if you're, they've got clients in Michigan all over the place. Uh, so yeah, give David an email. I'm willing to bet he can save you some money on your sock managed EDR. Uh, gentlemen, it is the new year, 2024. We haven't been here for two weeks. Uh, new year, new us. Yeah. Did you guys, uh, get any Christmas, um projects accomplished i upgraded my palo alto firewall at like six something in the morning by myself i don't think you're supposed to mention the name of that that's how confident i am in that they're gonna sponsor us (laughs) sometime because i mean we got fortinet as a sponsor um i had to uh reboot the the firewall which you do you know once, twice a year, if if have to be. Uh, I was nervous. And it took at least five minutes longer than what I thought it should have, and my heart was sinking. But it came back up. I hate that feeling. We're good. Hate that feeling. Yeah, for sure, solid five minutes longer than 
like this doesn't feel right. <laughs> but that was my big project. You know what always makes you feel right is a Fortinet firewall. If you had a mm. Fortinet firewall, you would you would feel right, Chris. My heart would feel full. If if you if listeners wanted to feel right with the world, who at Fortinet would they contact? Well, the guy's name is Chris, Chris Illingworth, and you can email him at FortinetPodcast at Fortinet.com. And since Chris has been with us and we've been talking about Chris, uh, he has gone from like regional guy to like in charge of education for Fortinet, right? He's a pretty big deal. So, yeah. And if you're in Missouri, some interesting news. There's a new sales guy that you might recognize. Um, not going to mention any names, but uh, he uh, is coming from a different company. You might recognize him. So uh, be expecting some news from that. Uh, Mark, any Christmas projects? Besides unwrapping Christmas presents? Uh, you know what? I, I built a new computer for myself. It Did you really? Home. Yeah. Whoa. You know I was like, I had some some issues with my home computer. I had to upgrade it. Got to the point where I was like, this just can't. It you know, you know, you can't upgrade things one at a time for so long. So I started from scratch, and I had such a blast. Just Wait, like, what? What? You you're you're a Mac user. How do you build a Mac? Or did you go to the store and buy a Mac? Is that no, what I you mean? A, I got a PC at home. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So like got the graphics card and the thermal paste, whatever you call it, and the... look at you. Yeah, yeah. But the, I will say the problem though is like all the new stuff that you buy. I like put it all together and like turn it on, and it uh, kudos to me. It turned on the very first time. Nice. It didn't no problem. Proud, no proud of you, Mark. I'm, I'm proud of myself. Uh, but it lit up like a Christmas tree. All, yeah. Everything has like all these stupid RGB lights in it. So <laughs> you I, just alienated guys, like half our listenership. Gals, Mark. don't listen to Mark. He uh, used to be a teacher. We know this. <laughs> I, listen, I just, I just want a computer that sits under the desk and just looks fine, right? But like, it's, it's got all the lights and it looks like yeah. a Christmas tree. And... I want a computer that looks fine. Okay. Chris wants to feel good and his PC to look fine. All right. Well, I've gotten all the lights turned off, so I'm happy now. <laughs> it probably uses less power too. It's good for the electric bill. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I went for the liquid cooling, so I'm pretty stoked. Oh, did you really? Oh, I went I went <laughs> hardcore on this one. So oh, that That's cool. check must have must have arrived. Um any did you accomplish any projects though, Mark? Did did your work related Mark? I know work. you probably didn't. Did you did you crack the whip and make your employees? Um, I will say I think the team uh overall needed a, a good break. So we did not have any major projects this year uh this break uh it was a good time to relax for everybody that's so nice of you mark yeah i got the uh the new elon musk biography oh and i read that whole thing and i feel like i'm a different person <laughs> like i'm ready to fire people i speak with like just do this because i say so uh and i want i do want to buy a tesla uh, I have a new interest in space exploration. I think AI robots are absolutely coming. And I'm kind of all about uh, X. 
I'm starting to post again. I've got so many jokes <laughs> I've been biting my tongue on not saying right now. Uh, I'm all in. I'm all in. Let, never mind. No, we we need to change the subject on that. Um, what? What? Nothing. Nothing. So we, I, I had a long list of projects we were going to accomplish. I think we got one done. Um, <laughs> was I wanted to upgrade firmware on my firewall. I wanted to upgrade switch firmware. Uh, install a bunch of UPSs. Cameras got in. Well, okay, two projects. Um, cameras didn't get installed, but that was from an outside company. So we're going and we're, we're placing these stinking new UPSs. Uh, Liebert, if you're listening, you really need to work on your management software. Um, in the process of what did you say, Liebert or Vertiv, whatever you want to call them. Oh, um, their, their management software is God awful. Um, but anyway, we're, we're installing these UPSs and we finally have network attached UPSs. Super cool. Yeah. I'm doing one in a building. I get it plugged in and immediately it starts sending all of these alerts like lost communication, found communication, lost communication, found, like over and over and over. I'm like, what in the hell is going on? Come to find out like this was a, this was an entire day's worth of troubleshooting and trying to figure out what in the world was going on. I think I even text you guys that I had a ghost. I was yeah. chasing a ghost. <clears throat> Come to find out, I think we had, and I actually, now that I think about this, I haven't gone back to investigate. I think we had a loop in our press box on the football field that was causing um, Loop Protect to take down to take down a trunk port to my core for one of my buildings. And the only way I found it was because of this stinking UPS. Like I, I don't get into my core and monitor monitor um, the the fiber connections unless there's a problem, right? Like I've got a thousand other things that I could be doing besides that. Uh, so that made me get into the core and start looking, and I, I'm seeing port flapping on this this trunk port to one of my buildings. I'm like, wow. So I started disabling switches, and of course it traced back to the stinking press box where, you know, everybody and their brother has a key to and mm -hmm. God knows who has access to on a Friday night. Um, so yeah, I, I killed my press box connection and everything. It's a good time. Work. Yeah. That, that took way too much time out of break to figure out. So yeah, judge me, whatever you want. I don't care, but that was a interesting product project. Hmm. Good talk. Good talk, guys. Um, Mark, you said you had some news. Are we in the news segment? News section. Get on up here, news boy. Mark, you didn't go to the newsroom. I'm going. <laughs> All right. So uh, we got a uh, more of a listener email. Uh, Josh, you had this one soon. And then uh, I've got a couple of new stories. The The first one now, I, I didn't tell you what this new story was ahead of time because I wanted suspense. to. Yeah. yeah I, I wanted to build a suspense. Um, a, a new CIO on the East Coast somewhere? No, 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 no. Oh. So th this one actually, and, and you're going to wonder where I'm going with this one, but I'm going to bring it home soon. Uh, a North Dakota woman. Now, this story, I will say that this is from November, but it is is kind of really hitting the, the news right now. A news, uh, North Dakota woman was arrested uh, for for murder uh, in November, 
she, uh, this woman, Ina Thea Kenoyer, uh, age 47, was arrested and charged with a class A felony of murder uh, for murder in connection with the September death of her boyfriend. And it turns out that she had uh, been slowly poisoning him with a poison uh, that is commonly found in antifreeze. And did, the, did we not tell Mark that this needs to be tech news or K twelve? Okay, well I, we're gonna get to we're gonna get to that. Um, so <laughs> stay with me, stay with me. I'm gonna right. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bury the lead here. I got one, I got like one foot out the door, Mark. Okay, okay, all right. She she had murdered her her boyfriend with with antifreeze. Is it a boyfriend or husband, Mark? It was a boy. It was a boyfriend. I apologize. Okay. Uh, and, uh, the, when the police were trying to uncover the motive, it, it turns out that the boyfriend had recently discovered that he was, uh, soon to inherit $30 million. Oh my God. Uh, from a family member who had recently passed away. Uh, and, uh, she had murdered him, uh, in order to, to take that inheritance. However, she became obviously very upset when found out that North Dakota doesn't recognize common law. So this whole murder thing was, was for nothing. Now, you're wondering where is this am I from coming Dateline, with Mark? This I mean, is, come on. This is great. Here's over where... Christmas break. Mark wrote a story. <laughs> he will now read it. He binged Dateline. <laughs> Here's where it gets great. Uh, the the boyfriend had recently found out that uh, a relative that he had never heard of before uh, had passed away and left him thirty million dollars. Oh, come on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh kind of read between the lines here he had fallen for a phishing scam yeah and he thought he had won oh no 30 million dollars uh and i think his plan was to break up with with his girlfriend now that he was newly found rich Mm. she wasn't too happy with that so she murdered him uh to take his inheritance only to find out a that she was not entitled to any of that money and then b unfortunately it was all a phishing scam. Um, and I'm assuming this guy was a teacher. I I thought the phishing was a good connection here. <laughs> no, <laughs> it was good. It was good. It, 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 I'm with I, you. I think that's extreme a, fishing. Like that's extreme an extreme and yes. an extreme end. Yeah, well, this yeah. is this is not worldwide of fishing in an extreme fishing show on espn i'm sorry i'm sorry well listen lesson lesson be learned choose your no before improved point fishing templates very very carefully i do think you just shared a story that would be great for sharing like to teachers like like as like you get some pd time with your teachers share the crazy story yeah yeah this stuff is real and still fear and have you could hire Mark to come in and tell a story that is, yeah, that, almost yeah. relevant. <laughs> that he's <laughs> not quite sure the details if it was a husband or a boyfriend. All okay. right, all right. I'm really excited for story number two. What else you got, Mark? What's right, in the well, news? This, okay, the second Some one. This tips? one is, is yes. <laughs> uh, Weather. MCSoft is a uh, uh, an online website that has uh, cybersecurity services. They have published their state of ransomware in the U.S. Uh, yeah, Brett Callow over there, right? Twenty twenty three. I don't know. Yeah, Brett. Brett's a good guy. He and I are Twitter friends. 
Oh, no kidding. Okay. He asked us to come X. on their podcast. Oh. Well, anyways, the the, the story is... Or the, Elon, the Elon prefers you call it X. Got it. Okay. X. Twitter. Twitter. Uh, has some, some interesting statistics, and we'll link it in the show notes. Uh, it really kind of goes into you know the state of ransomware and focuses on hospitals, K-12 school districts, secondaries, uh, or po- excuse me, post-secondary and governments. Um, obviously, uh, massive increase. Since 2018, there's been a 30,000% increase in ransomware incidents. And uh, their statistics are saying that a the average ransom has gone from $5,000 in 2018 to now $1.5 million as the average. Yeah. So the exponential growth is just fascinating to see. And obviously, K-12 schools are really at the heart of it, seeing, you know, some huge numbers. Some of the interesting things that that I I pulled from this uh, is the numbers were a whole lot lower than I actually expected them to be. You know, they're looking at um, they they reported uh, a total of 108 K-12 districts hit by ransomware in 2023. Yeah. I fully expected the number to be way higher than that. So I wonder if part of this is just 108 publicly reported. Yes. K-12 districts impacted by ransomware. Yeah, I I think that number is vastly underreported because, you know, Brett and his team over there, they they're kind of like Doug where they can only they can only report on what's reported. Right. Like, you know, they're not gonna, they're not privy to unreported things or have a backdoor into an insurance company and, and know how many are going unreported. Right. The the interesting thing though is you kind of read through this the, the common theme and one of the lessons that they really really push on this uh, and it's coming from multiple sources and MCSoft is also you know really kind of pushing this as well is that the increase in ransomware payments the average from five thousand to one point five million is the cause of the snowball it's both the cause and the effect and they're really pushing the the both the uh, underline and and an obvious lesson from this one is really that we there needs to be a ban yeah. on paying ransoms that this needs to be more of a higher level decision that organizations have to be actually prohibited from paying ransoms if we actually want to do anything about it that's a very very painful transition because there's going to be people that are caught in that if there were to be a ban you're going to have people who are caught in it who have no choice um to, in order to get their systems back but you have to take away the financial incentive in order if you want to stop this. So interesting article. We'll link this one in the yeah. show notes. So you can kind of take some uh, some statistics away from this one. Uh, and it, it is all sectors. Um, the one thing, though, I, this is not K-12. They did headline this article uh, by saying, from 2016 to 2021, we estimate that ransomware attacks killed between 42 and 67 Medicare patients. Yeah, These would be from hospitals who were unable to, to access their systems. Crazy to think. Unbelievable. Uh, almost as dangerous as fake phishing scams, which uh, have killed an estimated one person in North Dakota. Uh, so, And here he is talking about Medicare on a K-12 Tech Talk <laughs> podcast. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I, it, that, I think that topic of uh, payment bans or ransomware payment bans I think you'll see that gain steam over this next year. Maybe that's one of the trends that we could talk about. I heard um, playground injuries go up when the school's under ransomware and they still have school because they send the kids out to play because they can't get on the computers and then they 
on the monkey bars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Paper paper cut injuries go up. Playground I, injuries up 52%. Yeah. I missed that section in the article. <laughs> maybe, maybe we should have Brett on and we can ask him about that statistic if they found Did you pull statistic. the playground data? <laughs> Did you talk to nurses? Lunchroom incidents? What can you tell us about splinters and bee stings? <laughs> Did you oh, see an increase man. in the peanut allergy kids getting hit with the peanut butter sandwiches during chili day if there was a ransomware attack going on as well? Wow, it's been because they weeks. couldn't look and sis and see the allergy icon, you know. But okay, <clears throat> devil's advocate there. I mean, that, <laughs> that you it, we're laughing about that, which it's not peanut, peanut allergies, it's not a the peanut allergy kid, like he's crawling along the wall just trying to get out of chili day. Like he didn't know he couldn't look at the menu. Okay, okay, totally hopping the rails here. <laughs> he, he entered the lunchroom, he's like, Oh no, it's chili day. <laughs> We got to get the we got to get the servers back up. My wife made chili the other night and I made a peanut butter sandwich to have with my chili and she says you're having a peanut butter sandwich with your chili? Oh, I was dipping it and she chastised me oh, for yeah. dipping it in the chili. Hey, I and mean you chastised me for telling the the fishing scam <laughs> murder story? <laughs> <laughs> well, we Chris whatever. Oh my God! This is a train wreck. We're sorry, sponsors. This this is just this is not this is not us. Um, all right, Mark. What what's your next news topic? Uh, no, the next one is actually was a, a posting from online. Uh, some teachers are talking about the we, many many school districts have have gone forward with the MFA, and now we're starting to see the MFA fatigue pushback from teachers. And so both, more, more than a few uh, school districts or tech directors on K-12 Tech Pro talked about how do you handle the pushback from teachers who we've implemented MFA, but now they're just sick and tired of it. So uh, Josh, Chris, have you experienced in this in your districts? How do you deal with it? Uh, what do you do with a teacher who inevitably says, I'm done with this. I'm not doing this anymore. So I, I saw that post. Um, and I think we'll just kind of step through the story. The teacher comes in and I guess was on a new computer or something and got prompted for MFA to log into their Google account, calls the help desk apparently, and says, uh, starting this starting this year, I'm, I'm guessing new year, new meet kind of statement. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm leaving my cell phone at home now. Thus, I cannot get MFA codes. You need to turn MFA off on my account. Okay, like, so apparently this district has had MFA on for their Google accounts for over two years. So this isn't a new thing. Um, and this this person's like, yeah, you're, you're going to turn it off. It's never helped me. It's never prevented anything on my account. And it's only caused me headaches. Turn it off. Um, and I think the end resolution was they showed this person how to go in and print off the OTP codes from admin console and uh this person is rolling that way i guess um which okay so mfa is not off so you still have that protection Score. um the person said they're going to write down the otp codes okay those are those are one-time codes right in google like you can't reuse those codes i don't think um no. 
So if that's the if that's the route you want to take and generate ten new codes once a week, I you know, okay, go whatever, man. If you want to leave your cell phone at home, which I, maybe maybe they've got a cell phone addiction problem. I don't know. Everybody's got reasons for what they do. Yeah. Another school landed on doing Yubi keys yeah, to those I, those few. I think that's a lot. I, I if I there's love, access, I guess that's great. I love UBs. I I love my UB. Um, got multiple of them, but again, it's one of those things that, you know, like the ones I have, I think they were 40 bucks, 45 bucks. I don't see a whole lot of districts picking that tab up for every staff member. Yeah. Um, I think it's helpful to have a few of them as accommodations. So if you have somebody who, you know, they're just unable to do it for any, any reason, I'm not saying convenience or I'm not saying preference, but as you know, we, we have somebody who is visually impaired and needs to have that. Um, but I don't, a YubiKey, I don't think is a district-wide strategy or shouldn't be a district-wide strategy in terms of what's sustainable and financially reasonable. Um, Mark's causing an argument with the person that said that's going to come up. Um, uh, I'm not, I'm not, you know, who said look, that, didn't you, Mark? Was it Chris? No, your, your, uh, anti-hero, your nemesis. Well, I have a nemesis. Uh-huh. Corey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> look i what i'm what i'm saying i'm not saying it's a pass right i'm just saying <laughs> i can't afford to do that in my district right and well I yeah think, you have i think most people are going to be in the same position of like i cannot afford a 40 dollar ub key and replacements uh for every teacher or staff member in the district. yeah if you're watching I mean... this if you're not watching this mark might be winking at us <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm a fan of the paper paper in the pocket yeah, it, I mean, I got a few staff members who do that. That okay? The other they they, they print out their own one time codes every time. Okay, I mean, that's the on other, them. The, right. The other side of that is if you have a staff member that say can't afford a cell phone or can't operate a, a smartphone, they have a flip phone jitterbug kind of thing. Because we, you know, there are certain staff members, a certain demographic of staff members that either can't or won't um, get a smartphone. So you've, you've got to have at least a plan on how to let them access their mail. And I think that, that, that offline OTP yep. or a UB. Yeah. You got to have, you're going to have to have a plan on how to do that. Um, Chris, why don't you tell us about visor real quick? Visor. That's V I Z O R. Uh, at the start of the school year, they released the new version. They've been a sponsor with us before. Uh, over 60 new features were released back uh, start of the school year. Uh, they can help you with your uh, Chromebook logins, with your Chromebook management, with your Chromebook assignments. Uh, if you reach out to Visor, visor.cloud slash K12 Tech Talk, V-I-Z-O-R dot cloud slash K12 Tech Talk, Click on the link or whatever, and you're going to get 20% off. Check out Visor. All right, Mark, what other news do you got? I got nothing. That's it. That's right. that's the end of the news. I'm sorry. No uh, geopolitical updates or anything. We've agreed we cannot talk politics on this. That's true. I heard, never mind. But if you'd like to, I <laughs> would no. love. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 not a good you idea. You want to talk about the Epstein list? Uh, I don't think he <laughs> let's we're not going there. 
Uh, That's a good bit. That's a good bit. Let's Interesting see. names. Josh, have you been on a pri- private airplane? I have not been on a private. I interviewed yeah. at a company once that had a private airplane that had an office in Chicago. And you, if you had to go to Chicago, you could take the company plane to Chicago. And wow, I turned down that job. Was Jeff yeah. Epstein on the plane? Oh, you when shut you were up. On this job? That's not funny, Mark. <laughs> uh, that was a construction company in St. Louis. Um, so they said, yeah, whatever. So, uh, <laughs> I mentioned that we we got new cameras. Have you guys messed with 360 security cameras yet? I feel like they've kind of been around a while, but man, they are like, when you're going from an analog camera to a 360 camera, I thought our secretary at the high school, who's really the main one that's like a hawk watching the cameras all the time, I thought she was going to come out of her chair. It it was funny to watch that reaction of uh, 360 cam and updated hardware software. It's pretty funny. Did you like put in all new cameras everywhere or a particular just building or just buildings. particular ones? Okay, yeah, cool. The, our high school had the oldest. They predated me. I've re, uh, they predated me. The majority of the cameras, I would say over half. Um, well, I mean, that's the majority, right? Um, were old analog cameras that were being converted to IP yeah. uh, streams. So it, it was time. It was actually way past time to get those replaced. And uh, it's head and shoulders better than what Let's unpack that really quick. Was that done with tech budget money? Was that done with building money? Where'd the funding well, come from? The original plan was to that was going to come out of that safety and security grant from the state. Um, we were awarded, I don't know, north of a couple hundred thousand dollars for that. But one of the other projects in that was security film on windows and doors. Yeah and we're doing that right now some equipment for our sros and um i guess you know that stuff's super expensive so there wasn't quite enough to cover for the cameras but uh, there was still a little bit left for the cameras so we we had to backfill a little bit with just regular operational monies but it's well worth it well 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 worth it um when you looked at the original age of some of these analog cameras so um back to school mark are you back are you back with kids yet yeah are you yep we were back um, yesterday was the first day back with kids yeah we were yep. we were back yesterday with kids teachers we came, came back. back today uh our first day was good our second day was much worse um it's like everybody lost their minds for some reason um some systems updating were you know first day back it's get them there get them fed get them home almost kind of almost first day school vibes um but yeah we had study island study island will never be a sponsor for this show after about what i'm about to say i don't know what the hell their problem is with their interface from clever but at the beginning of the year, it took them a month and a half to figure out that we have been using Clever to sync rosters with Study Island for three years. And they were telling us we've never used Clever. So that was like a month and a half of arguing back and forth. And then again today, none of our second semester rosters had synced. So we had to start this whole discussion again that we use Clever to sync rosters. And uh, Clever can, or Study Island can go jump off a bridge as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Chris, what was your first day like? Um, in the morning, I rolled in the school at seven thirty ish. 
uh, walked in and was told that teachers can't take attendance. That was really cool. We had a sis issue. Seven thirty. I'm I'm it, taking lunch break by then. I'd been at work since like. Oh, I usually roll in at eight. Seven thirty was <laughs> early for me. I set my alarm for seven thirty. But... <laughs> Whatever, Mark. And then uh, we were dealing, and that was not a big deal. That was a not that was not a big deal. Uh, that was fixed in like fifteen minutes. Um, got through that, and then a couple hours passed. Let's be honest. Did you fix that, or did someone else fix that? No, I, I did make a phone call. Okay. I did, and my sis coordinator knocked it out of the you park did, and fixed you just, it. Yeah, you didn't answer yeah. that question. Uh-huh. Did you? I fix did not that fix or it. Somebody else. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. I sent the email saying that there was an issue, and I sent the email saying it was resolved. Um, and then the sis coordinator coordinator fixed it in the midst of all that and did the actual work. Um, and then a couple hours later, our website went down. We we someone hosts our website. There was a there was an issue. We went down, and then the chaos happened because we have a lot of people that don't do bookmarks or don't know how to kind of type the website in into the search bar to see it uh they just go to our district website and click on staff apps sis or staff apps whatever uh so because website was down they said they couldn't do this 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 and this because they you know chris our website for everything you really should have pushed those out as desktop icons <sighs> for them. It is a lack of PD. It is on me. Um, but it was a great day after that. It was a fine day. And I didn't fix that problem either. Someone else did. Mark, any uh, craziness first days? No. Thanks for your input. Um, one thing to keep an eye out for that is kind of going around right now. There's an ongoing fish. I, it came up in conversation in one of the message boards I'm in, I guess, Tuesday. Um, it was a fish that looks like it's a Google Doc shared document that is coming from a financial institution. You pick your favorite, Wells Fargo, Chase, or the two that I saw today at my district. Um, and it looks like it's coming from a .eu account. Um, so if you, you we might had wanna, that we had one of those two today. You might want to go do if you have Google an investigation uh, into incoming emails that say uh, important. Well, I forget what the subject was, but it was like important item shared with you. Um, your account's been compromised. It was decent looking. It, we so we had one that went to a counselor. <laughs> that was in the midst of doing some stuff with their house or something. And he even said, I didn't use my school account uh, to be working on this. So he was a little taken aback that, you know, it came to a school account. So that was what kind of triggered in his head. So if you, the way we found a, a teacher alerted us to the message that they received, then we went and did an investigative search. And if we ended up searching for, uh, words in the body, because that's this information was in the body of the message, not in the subject or the header or sender information. Um, search for contact A-C-C-A-S-K dot E-U. Um, and it, we, we were hit or targeted multiple times over the last several days. And it was different shared documents, different subjects. Uh, and it's, it is a documented fish going around. So be aware of that. Uh, let's see. Google Scuba. Or, I'm sorry, it's not called Google Scuba. It's Scissors 
scuba product, right? I don't remember mm-hmm. what scuba stands for. Secure. Oh, heck. You know, if we would have done our work ahead of time, we would have this ready and ready to go. Um, but SZA came out with, it was right before break. I remember uh, taking note of this secure cloud business applications project by SZA. Um, it's a, a GitHub project that they've written with Python. The one that I used um, taps into my Google Workspace instance and looks at uh, key settings and log entries to make sure that we have um, things configured in an in appropriate ways. You know, and that's everything. Scuba from, Googles. That's everything from um, scuba mail, goggles, mail relaying to. Um, dkim dmark spf uh, i haven't looked at my document stuff or my drive stuff but a, a neighboring district was messaging me today and it goes into recommended settings about out external sharing and stuff like that they also have a scuba project for office 365 instances yep, yep. so <clears throat> it's it's free to download the github they've got it documented on their website uh, just I just just now just searched uh, SZA Scuba S C U B A, and it was one of the top uh, our first uh, responses back. Uh, it was for someone I, I'm a self admitted I I don't use Python I don't program in Python, so I had to get it install it get the plug get the extra plugins that it required. But their documentation on the GitHub page about how to install this and how to run it is spot on very very detailed very exact the steps were right um and it works and it 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 runs and it prints out a little or uh, presents you with a little html page with uh the report information and, and suggested steps and actions to take so if you haven't looked at that yet check out Sizz's scuba project um and i i can almost guarantee it'll find things that you need to address it found some things that i'm like oh crap i completely forgot about doing that um so yeah, and again, if you're a Microsoft school, check it out. If you're a Google school, check it out. Yeah, and it, you don't have to be a Python expert because I I will I'll be the first person online to tell you I am not a Python expert whatsoever, and I was able to get it running. I don't know, two hours. I mean, and that was that was yesterday. So that was in the middle middle of our first day back, and phone ringing, and you know, getting distracted a couple different times. So, um, you you can get that running pretty easily. Uh, Chris, you I, haven't. I, you I haven't could ran it I yet? could probably do an hour and a half. Mark, what do you think you could get it in? Uh, Mark, Mark would tell Joe to do it. An hour and twenty nine minutes. <laughs> that's that's not giving Joe a lot of credit. I think he could do it faster than that. Um. So what? Let's see. Mark, you wanted to talk about branding, or Chris, you wanted to talk about branding. Yeah, I thought I'd throw this out there because. It's not a tech thing, but maybe it is a tech thing. I'm curious to pick your brains on if it it, it hits you at your school district or not. When it comes to branding, when it comes to website colors, attire colors, like hats and shirts, uh, what's your logo? Are there different versions of it? Um, Who manages your social media backgrounds and profile pics and all that kind of stuff? Does tech department get thrown into it? Uh, does tech department stay far away from that? Uh, how does that work in your school districts? We we just went through this, actually. Um, and thankfully, we have a communications person that we hired 
I don't know, six, seven years ago, maybe. Um, and this over the last, I would say probably 18 months, he worked on getting a standard color set, a you know, palette, whatever you want to call it, call it our official colors, our official logo, redid our, all of our letterheads. Um, and it, it was a whole committee thing, went to the board for approval. Like this is our yellow. This is our black. This is the logo. You're supposed to use this one. Not because we had like, I bet we had 10 different versions of our mascot logo running around over the last 15 years <clears throat> that were, you know, clip arts that you, you can Google our logo. Cause it's a, it's a, uh, rather prominent logo in college football um, that we have an agreement. It's not copyright infringement. Like they're letting us use this, but there were probably, like I said, 10 to 15 different versions of that logo running around. So now we have an official logo that is supposed to be the only one that's used. Um, that's been communicated out to clubs and booster clubs and sports teams, all that fun stuff. So when they order apparel, they're ordering the right logo. So yeah, it, it's a whole thing, man. Did you see yourself get involved in it or no? No. Nope. Didn't, didn't honestly didn't want to be. Right. Um, and thankfully he didn't ask me to. So. Mark. Uh, I mean, I think in terms of decisions over branding, it's definitely not a technology decision, uh, but we have been looped in or involved when there's sort of changes or updates to it. And, and people are asking our help to update sites and systems for it. Uh, that you know that kind of comes to the the logo, the, the branding, the colors, those kinds of things. Uh, in fact, we just we're going through a system configuration right now uh, for a new system, and I had I went to our comms department. I said, "Hey, we're we're being asked questions about our branding. Can you answer these questions on this template?" So I kind of I pushed that one back to them, and luckily they have a branding template guide that that we're able to use and fill it in. Um, we do. It's it's interesting. I we we just have a new communications person who just started today and i had a great conversation with him about like hey we two of us need to sit down and talk about what our roles are uh in terms mm -hmm. of i'm i might be overseeing the contract for the website and and providing some technical support but at the same time i depend on your team to be you know overseeing the governance of it so i think that's kind of you know going back to your your original question around branding my team we're providing technical support and guidance when there that needs to be done but the actual governance is done by our comms person and, and his team so we and we we are maybe going through what josh josh's school district just went through that where there's a committee about communication uh, and branding uh, is one of those topics i'm on the committee i'm not on the there's a, like a subgroup for the branding i'm not on that um but part of the big picture meeting was to talk about uh, this kind of stuff. And I, I let the, the committee know it's been, and we're, we're small school district. So, you know, this can go different ways, I think. Cause like we don't, and we're, we're, we're not that much different in size from Josh, but yet we don't have a dedicated communications person. We have a person that wears like six hats and that's one of uh, her roles. But we talked about if I've been at this school district for 10 years, I think the website's been redone in a major way, probably three times. Uh, and the colors on the website and the logo and the look, it was kind of just tech department doing whatever we wanted. Uh, and that's not, I was telling them like, I don't like that. Like we took the, 
we stared at each other in the office of who who can make the best logo. Uh, and that's what got put up. Uh, and then that that's what gets used. You know, we need something bigger. We need something board approved. We need something that administration backs uh, that this is the color and this is the color and this is the logo. Uh, that's how it's supposed to be. Uh, but instead, our district kind of looks at tech department as we're the keepers of the images. Yeah. Uh, and that's not like that's not what we want. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But that's kind of how it's, it's been. Mm. Uh, so I'm hoping to get it more towards what Josh is talking about. And, and honestly, that's the way it was before we had a comms person. We, people came to us. Yeah. Hey, do you, do you have a, a logo we can use for this or yeah, that that's how it was. Over Christmas break. I was asked, it was someone trying to customize a basketball uh, with a name of a basketball player on it as a Christmas gift. Uh, since, uh, my school's logo was on it, uh, and they wanted the player's name on it, so they were asking what our font is. Yeah. And I was like, we don't like have a font. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't know what. And again, I'm not the person to say that. Yeah, uh, I can tell you what the website's using, but that's not like official font. Uh, so again, I would I would love for I think I would love for the school district to get to that. Uh, I'm also about like, if we don't care, we don't care, but let's make a statement and say, we don't care uh, you know, or go thing, or go the exact opposite. Yeah. One thing that you could do to kind of help out is, you know, put a, a page up or a document that has your branding guidelines. Uh, and it can be very, very simple in terms of this is our logo. Here's a couple of different versions in a high res, you know, video file yes. or audio photo. Uh, and then do this specific. I found this too. If you have a font or you can, select a font add that in um but the colors the actual hex code for the yes. colors super helpful uh and that's what our comms team has done they have the hex colors so that when we're configuring a system the technical folks know exactly the the color shade to use so yeah and apparently that was like a several meeting discussion was the hex color the shade which which hex color was the appropriate hex mm -hmm. color to use that's why I was happy I was not on that committee. You mentioned that safety film earlier. Uh, so we're getting some of the safety stuff that's like the school, it's like the school colors and stuff for the front of the doors and the windows. And that was brought up. The And you know how you get this, like what you see on your monitor is not actually what's going to be printed, the color in real life. Yeah. Uh, and our principals had looked at proofs and they love the door and they're like getting it and then they get it like, well, this isn't our red. Well, again, what is what is our red? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And if we had a document that said what our red is, that would have sure helped the graphics people. Well, I'll give you a word of caution uh, when it comes to branding and logos and things. Uh, my department, this was actually before I, I came in, uh, Our my department had a student-run competition to do a campaign oh. about cyber safety. Uh, and the students created some really cool artwork with different superheroes. Uh, one was named Firewall and told them what to do. And, you know, one was about fishing. So these are like really cool student created designs uh, were, were created to help raise awareness from cyber safety. Well, they were called cyber superheroes. And the term superhero is actually trademarked. Are so you got, kidding? We got a cease and desist letter uh, from the trademark owner of the of the trademark term superhero. 
and I will wow. <laughs> I will hold back the the person who gave us the cease and desist letter. But it's a really fun party story to be like, I got a cease and desist letter from your children's favorite movie uh, production studio. Hmm. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So be careful with the term superhero. Um, but hero is just fine. Huh. I wonder if we're going to get a cease and desist now. Thanks a lot, Mark. Oh, sorry. Mark, if you had to pick me or Josh to be your hero, who would you pick? I know who he would pick. Rise Vision. Because that sounds like a superhero name. Yeah, it does. Rise Vision to the rescue. Listen up, K-12 Tech Talk listeners. Does that sound heroic? Listen up, K-12 Tech Talk listeners. Are you tired of expensive and hard-to-use digital software in your school? Rise Vision can help. Uh, we're going to hang out with Rise Vision for the next few weeks. Weeks. Uh, you can check out Rise Vision at risevision.com to figure out how you can switch up your school's communication. They do what all they do? Digital, digital signage. signage and more. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's what I thought. They've been with us before, haven't they? They have been. What I thought. Friends. Friends. All right. Heroes. Uh, let's see. Sock is a service. Uh, Mark, there was a Reddit post that that struck your fancy. Um, that was about sock tickled as it. A I believe. I believe it tickled your fancy. You you text us, and that was really strange. Um. You want to let's unpack that on this thing, by the way, Mark, we are close enough that if you're going through things, we still expect text messages. I want to put that out there as truth. I know that we are in Missouri and you are in Massachusetts, but we are friends. I'm your friend and Josh is your friend. I know it's a weird friendship. We've only actually clocked a little bit of time together face to face, but we love you. We are here for you. And don't ghost us again, Mark. And it ticks us off when you don't, because we know that like when I get a text and my phone makes a noise or it buzzes or it lights up or it does something to indicate a text is there, that technology works for you as well. Yes. So any excuse, I no I'm... excuse. I'm sorry. I've been a little quiet over the last couple of weeks. Uh, you guys have been very vocal uh, over the the text message. Oh, you don't ha you don't know half the idea of the text messages that I've been sending Chris about you. Yeah, that's, that's we still thing. do that too. I do know that there's a lot of back end conversations. Like, that <laughs> jerk is not yes. responding. So, well, uh, you know, when I call Chris and he hits decline because he knows it makes me very angry. When you don't answer our text, Mark. Yeah, it hits. There's similar rage. It so, hits. Back I, to the. I I apologize. Back to you the. Know, I wasn't I wasn't looking for apology. I just want to put things on the record. <laughs> anyway, what are we talking about? Sock is a service. Yeah, Mark's tickling uh, fancies. Mark's fancy tickle. Yeah, so there was uh, we. You but know, he we didn't to... do that on an airplane. He he didn't do a fancy no. it didn't tickle a fancy on an airplane uh there was a, a reddit post uh, it was actually from an msb uh who supports k-12 districts and they're asking about how you handle uh or if you're interested in in sock as a service and 
kind of what's the what's your kind of guidelines for it? I know we've we've talked about this a little bit of the pod. Uh, some of us have different types of monitoring services. When you have a third party managing your security operations, uh, there's always going to be that decision of when do I alert the district uh, to an to an issue. The same thing happens though if you are managing this internally, if you're the ones managing this, because we all get alerts to tell us whether or not there's a problem. This could be something in terms of your firewall is, you know, uh, running some alerts on some interesting traffic or you have some student behavior uh, that may need to be alerted to a principal. Um, wanted to hear your thoughts about uh, both SOC, SOC as a service uh, and if you are running a an external or a third party security operations center, what is your balance and what is your guidance that you give to that company in terms of alerting and when to involve you and when to act on their own so oh okay um i think that this a couple pieces of this go hand in hand and and i'm just gonna throw back to who our studio is named after right now ntp so in these discussions because we we have to vet these companies that come on here and advertise with us and it's a very strenuous vetting process um, like I made David take me to dinner several times and we talked about things and I asked him his, his taste in bourbon. Like that's the kind of vetting that I do. But part of that, um, was a conversation about SOC as a service and the, and the tools that they offer. So when you look at, at a, at a SOC, I think the two things that go hand in hand is, or should be that managed EDR piece, because if, if they're just looking at, your AD logs, like they've got a seam going or a monitor going that's looking at AD logs or lateral movement, authentications, and they get tipped off to a bunch of, like a brute force attack. What are they going to do? They can call you, but what else are they going to do? So to me, that's where that layered approach comes in <laughs> to where if they're also managing your EDR remotely or through a console, they, if they can't get a hold of you, at two in the morning or you're on vacation on a cruise in the middle of, of the Atlantic ocean, they have the ability to shut things down immediately sever community or take your high value servers offline, take the device that's causing the issue offline. If they can, um, if they, and if they can't get a hold of you, um, I, to me, that's, that's bare minimum. If you're, if you're taking that jump from a managed sock sock as a service, um, that's, basic entry to me like if you're not getting that what are you getting out of it um so yeah that that's one thing that ntp does really 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 well and i think that's actually a good thing too is if you have to if you're hiring a, a third party to handle your alerting uh and they have additional capabilities within your systems you also have to communicate what your expectations are for them to act. Absolutely. Which is which is something that we don't always think about until it has happened. Whereas when you're using a SOC as a service or third party, um, hopefully they're they're asking you and they're pushing you to kind of make these decisions and, and to document these kinds of things now, which I think is beneficial for all of us. It may seem cumbersome and, and painful if you've never been through that before, um, but it's going to force you to, to come up with your protocols for how you want them to act on alerts. Yeah, David David told me when they onboard clients, the the conversation part of the conversation is okay, if if you have something bad happen and we pick it up, 
if we try to contact you over email and phone in a very short amount of time, you said the response is, you know, minutes. Um, if we can't get a hold of you, what do you want us to do? Do you want us to keep watching and see if it spreads laterally even more? If it gets worse, then take action. Or do you want us to immediately take action? Do you want us to just take that single host offline? Do you want us to take your high value targets offline as well? Um, so yeah, you, you need to have that. It's almost like that insurance, you know, when you're buying life insurance that, Oh, it, God forbid something were to happen. Like it's that same conversation. God forbid something happens. Somebody's in your network moving laterally. What do you want this sock as a service to do? Chris, any thoughts? Well, I would say I want what you have. So I have an EDR. I pay for the extras, but it's more with, it's tied in with the EDR. Uh, so they're going to do stuff, but not at a, you've, you've mentioned some relational things and walking through processes, procedures. I'm more paying for, uh, this is what I know I get. If, yeah. if this is happening, this is what they say they're going to do for me. Not so much me getting to tell them what I would like them to do kind of stuff. So, uh, I don't have much to add because I, I believe in EDR. I believe in SOC. I do not have the tech department for us to dig through logs and look at stuff. And e even the alerts that we get, uh, and it's not fun to say or or good to say, <laughs> I probably shouldn't say it out loud, but we don't get to respond as quick as we would like sometimes. Well, I did get the email notification. I did, I did see sure. this going down. Uh, but I was in the middle of whatever else. And, and I, I think it's fair to say because I, I think, and this is probably going to be a generalization, but I think it's pretty accurate. The majority of districts, even in Missouri where we are, are small districts. They don't have the staff to react real time during the business hours. They're only going to react when their phone starts ringing off the hook. They don't have a full-time staff member in, you know, from 7 to 3, let alone 24-7, to be watching AD logs at the same time they're watching your EDR logs at the same time they're watching your firewall log to make sure to see what traffic is transversing out hitting authentication on AD as well as maybe throwing a weird error on a downloaded executable yeah from the EDR like give I mean Mark you're different but I bet there's less than 10 districts in Missouri that have that capability on staff so, I, I don't I don't think the size of your district matters. Like I, I, I think K-12 as a whole, we do not have the capability to monitor all of the alerts and all of the systems that are that are logging your traffic and, and throwing up alarms. And we barely have time to react. So I do think that it's up to all of us, no matter what the size of your district is, to really strongly consider SOC as a service yeah. um, for at least your monitoring. Uh, and if you can, for your response as well. Well, and I think, you know, Pate, God rest his soul, he er, he was an early adopter of a managed EDR, and you could say SOC as a service. He was using Albert um, from MSI SAC and CISA, and, and he had told me what the, he only protected his high-value servers. So CIS servers and a couple other Active Directory servers that had their managed EDR on it. So that if something did, if they did catch something with Albert or with the EDR, he at least knew that the SOC could take down those two, three, four high value servers 
he didn't have it on hundreds of machines. He had it on a handful, but he knew those handful were protected. And I think that's an easy way to get started. It's it's vastly cheaper than doing Big Bang whole environment kind of thing. Um, and if that's the if that's the way you have to dip your toe into that environment, yeah, yeah, maybe that's the way you do it. Yeah, Chris, I agree. Good talk. All right, Chris, you want to quickly tell us about our friends at Extreme? We don't forget. The Mayor, Dominic Mayer at ExtremeNetworks.com. He can hook you up with your extreme switching needs. I have like five switches sitting on my desk, little bitty, like they're eight porters that I'm trying to put my networking admin head on and configure. I gave Josh a couple of text messages and a phone call today. Then I um, declined the phone call. Yeah. Pull the, pull the mark on me. Yeah. I, I was, to be fair, I was on the phone. <laughs> anyway, extreme. Uh, check them out. Uh, aggressive pricing, high specs, good switches. Well, I, we started out rough. Mark had news stories from Dateline. Uh, <laughs> but I think by the end of the episode, guys, we we were hitting on all cylinders by the end of the episode. We were we were hitting it good. I think we're back. I think we're back. Next new week, studio. We should... New studio? The, new the look. Paint, the, the fresh yeah. coat of paint in here. Woo! Yeah, it kind of smells. We're kind of getting high. Um, not Chris, of course. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's speaking. We're going to have to talk to David though, about the green, getting the green room back. And, and we haven't explained the snacks yet. He, I don't know. Yeah. Did he know what he was signing up for when he did this? Like, I don't think so. Okay. Well, we're gonna have to have a talk because the green room needs snacks and bourbon. Um, all right, guys, I guess next week shoot us an email. So give us, give us your thoughts on sock as a service. Are you doing sock as a service? Um, do you have a favorite Dateline story about a $30 million uh, inheritance? Yeah. Post us on X. Shoot us an email, <laughs> k12techtalk at gmail.com. Uh, give us some episode or give us some ideas. Talk, talk about branding. Why would you get rid of the word tweet? Yeah. And go with a letter. You had the house. You had the household thing. Yeah. You tweet it. And it's a joke here in Missouri that we call things their old names forever and ever. Like there's concert venues in the area that it they're still called their old names that haven't been called that in 40, 40 years practically. So it will always be Twitter to me. Um, so yeah, shoot us an email, k12techtalk at gmail.com. <laughs> Share us with your friends. Um, hit K12 Tech Pro. They're at 500 members now going. Hello. Always some good conversation over there. Uh, we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. The views and opinions expressed on the K-12 Tech Talk podcast are the personal opinions of Josh, Chris, and Mark, and do not represent the views or opinions of our sponsors or other organizations that we're affiliated with. The material and information presented here is for general information and entertainment purposes only. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.